so in a way, I think there's a lot of um, potential for your business going forward, um, especially in a place like Auckland, because you can sell it to people as just the air tightness can with just standard um, New Zealand Auckland building code of insulation can get you pretty close to passive house. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and this week I'm bringing a conversation that I had with Harpool Clure recently, and he has quite a large house out in Coatesville. It's actually two houses. Uh, it's over 300 square metres, but it's, it's two dwellings, and that allows for him to accommodate everyone from their children right through to the grandparents and this type of multi-generational housing typology I think has a lot to be said for how we might uh, better house some people around certainly Auckland but also around New Zealand. It's a fine example of what can be achieved uh, with a good designer and a good builder. They learned quite a lot along the way yeah, and uh, a lot of that was with their builder's e-house, who we've had on the show before. So we pick up the conversation. I've just asked Harpool how he came across Passive House in the first place. Yeah, oh, that was uh, my wife and I wanted to move back from Melbourne. Like sh- We found Melbourne very um, crowded and expensive. So we, we wanted to move to Auckland and my parents wanted to leave Palmerston North. And we were just debating between Wellington and Auckland, but mm-hmm. we've got some family in Auckland and in fact, they were the people we were house sitting for. And so we had visited them a few times and we liked the weather and the lifestyle in Auckland. And frankly, that actually was what pushed us to the passive house because my family and I experienced how people in Melbourne lived and they all had central heating and central cooling for summer. So it was a, the Australian building standards were, were way ahead of New Zealand. So that pushed us to try and come up with a similar solution in Auckland. That's interesting because so that they must have just been lucky to be in those types of houses because I wouldn't characterize all Melbourne like that. I would say it's it's vastly. I've asked a, like my wife has thirty forty friends, yeah, and we we went to like all their houses, and only one or two lived like we did in Palmerston North, where you have like a gas heater in the corner. Yeah. So yeah. that that will be, you're correct, that's the older houses. But yeah. even the older houses, people are going and, because they're usually built on poles. Yeah. So they go they go underneath and they install a ducted um, heating cooling system. Right. So even, like I've talked to people who were in Melbourne 30 years ago or whatever, but things have changed there. So all the new houses have it and they're retrofitting the old houses. Right, so essentially it's a cohort of people who are used to being warm in winter and cool in summer. Yeah, and you have to do it in Melbourne because the summers are like 40 degrees mm. and is, the winters are more brutal than Auckland. Like this, yeah. this uh, we, we left Auckland in July and just spent two weeks in Melbourne to visit um, some relatives. Yeah. And it was much, much colder in, in Melbourne than it was in Auckland. Yeah, I think a lot of New Zealanders don't appreciate that, just how cold yeah. it can get in yeah. in some of those southern cities in Australia. Right. But Sydney was completely different. So Sydney is like Auckland. No one, hardly anyone has central heating. So my uncle was one of the few people in his street to put it in because right. he had moved from Melbourne. But he said it was very unusual. People will have air conditioning, but yeah. they won't 
they won't do the central ducted heating cooling like they do in Melbourne. Right. So I think because of the weather in Sydney, they can they can live like that. Yeah. But I think Auckland is somewhere in between Sydney and Melbourne. Yep. So we, we try and pretend like it's a warm place, but you've actually got six months of cold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so you wanted a house, you wanted something warm in winter and also cool in summer, but the, you didn't know about passive house at this stage, no, right? No, I'd, I'd read about it in Melbourne and I just thought it was too fussy. Yeah, that was yeah. in 2011. Yeah. And our subsequent experience has proved that to be correct. Right. Although, although having met you and, and had that presentation you gave us and knowing what we know now, I think building with the plywood and the pro climber is not a fussy way of building because we built our garage and our conservatory with, with wood and plywood and, uh, and rab, and it was not a big deal. So yeah. what we did was fussy, but what we're going to do now and the, the working drawings that I'm working on right now are not fussy because I know that 99% of New Zealand builders can build it. And mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to quite a few builders at the open homes and mm-hmm. they've looked at the plans and they have no trouble with that because they understand timber and yeah. rab yeah. and plywood. Yeah. They just had a problem with EcoBlock. Yeah. So you – you just to, to for people who are not familiar with your your house, it's a yep. it's an eco block house, which is polystyrene overgrown Lego blocks. Really, aren't they? They're, exactly. That, that stack, it's just like Lego. Yep. and then you fill that up with concrete. Exactly, that's correct. Um, and then there are some other systems that, like the ceiling, where you because that that essentially is airtight that wall that wall exactly. system, but then to have an airtight envelope, you need to have an airtight membrane on the ceiling, uh, and of course, attention to detail around the windows. And Absolutely. and you had e house um, yes to to help you actually put all that together. Exactly. So in Auckland, we simply called up the Passive House Institute at the School of Architecture, yep. and we had seen a presentation at Unitech, which um, Clara gave. Mm-hmm. So they recommended John because we we spoke to a lot of the graduates of her course. There were only about five or six people. And a lot of them were architects and designers in the commercial area. And they were just doing the course just to add to their understanding. They were not building a business around it. So they were not working on residential housing. So John and Baden were the only ones doing it. And we visited their house in Wanganui and it was great. So that was a a brick cladding house with a timber frame, and they had done it to a, a good standard. And how did you come about to use the EcoBlock? Ah, that's exactly right. So that was something they told us to do. We, we did not – we didn't know anything about it. Um, after looking at their house, they showed us another project, which they were building in Wanganui, which was with EcoBlock. And it was something that they told us to do. We knew, we knew nothing about it. And our, the designer um, who worked on the project, who was part of eHouse, Eric, he had never worked with it before either. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the, the steep learning curve for everyone. What was the motivation for, for trying it? A good, you have to ask them. I've, I've <laughs> talked to them about it since then. And it's Even in that um, German um, open home, um, Baden was saying that if, if people – and even and the and the feedback they give to other customers now is that if you're looking at cost, then doing timber framing and using more pro climber is the way to go. Mm. So basically, what you've recommended, what we're going to do in future. 
it, it may not get you to the full standard depending on where in the country you live. However, it'll then be just a case of running the heater a bit more often. Mm. And given the fact that solar panels have become so much cheaper, like what we paid for uh, five years ago for $20,000, you can get now for $10,000. Yeah, and yeah. Australia, Australia can get it for $5,000. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why it's still 10000 in New Zealand to get five or six kilowatts. Yeah. Um, so because of that, Baden said it's better to just run the heater more often and run the air conditioning more often. And um, however, um, I spoke to John. He still prefers EcoBlock between the option of SIPS panel, timber framing with pole climber, and EcoBlock. He still prefers EcoBlock because for him, it if you can use relatively cheap labor in a small town in New Zealand for mm -hmm. carpentry. Mm -hmm. It gives you a better overall um, finish because, right. like you said, the air tightness of the concrete is solid, so it's yeah. just more solid, you know, yeah. and he yeah. feels it'll last longer, whereas you won't have a tear in the in the plastic sheet or whatever, you know. Yeah, right. Um, but then again, like, I've seen that sheet. It won't tear. The Pro Climber sheet doesn't tear. And on mm. top of that, if you're using plywood for your air tightness with the tape, that's fine as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, and also, like, he was talking about things lasting 50 years, 100 years, but living in Auckland, we know how Auckland develops. So, yeah. I'll be surprised if, if, you know, if these things last 50 years, 100 years, because they'll yeah. just be bought by a developer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but that, that's a personal thing. Like, so he still feels like for his own house, he did eco block in Wanganui. Yeah. Um, but for cost reasons, they recommend to clients look at timber with Pro Climber. Yeah. Is the way to go. Yeah. And it also gives you a greater range of builders in New Zealand who can work with it. Yeah, true, true. So I get it is situational as to where you are, what labor is available. One of the standout features of being in your home is it's so quiet. Yeah, that's right. So that's where it'll be very interesting in the next project what the outcome is. Because yeah. there is, I mean, as a building scientist, you appreciate the fact that concrete has thermal mass yeah you know so it takes a year for the concrete to dry out and john warned us about this and mm. we noticed it when we first moved in we were at the tail end of winter so it was actually oh it was september actually it was september mm. 2015 so three years ago we moved in and it was quite cold in the house and it right. was actually the reality that because all the doors and windows had been open because of the build mm -hmm. so there had been no time for the air to warm up and for the thermal mass to warm up so yep. it took one it took one summer and the concrete dried out. And the next winter was amazing. It was so warm. My parents never used the heater at all. And In the second um, the second, the second winter. winter. Exactly. Right. The next winter. Yeah. So what it is is that concrete has its own properties. Yep. So you have the thermal mass effect, you have the quietness effect that you talked about. You have a different feel than our next project, which will just be plywood with polystyrene insulation. So it, it will feel differently, yeah, but yeah. we don't know what the outcome will be. And we are thinking of doing another project after that because the council said we can build a small sort of guest house after that. That's different. A third from one. Yeah, I, we, would, we had a meeting with the council. Well, we didn't, but our designer did. So yeah. we might be able to do a third one at the top of the hill. So there's, no stopping, so, there's no stopping you now. <laughs> yeah, so we want to see how this next one goes. So you've got you've got your house. Uh, you, you're looking at doing a minor dwelling. Yeah, and then and you, you're already thinking maybe uh, we could put a third one in there as well. Yeah, because the minor dwelling requires a resource consent, 
Whereas something, um, other things like a pool house or guest house, they don't. They just require standard business, uh, building consent. Right. So it's just it's just the way that the unitary plan has come out. It's very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah. And there's other rules about you can have a home office and there's, there's all sorts of things. So it's really up to the individual project and the council person to make a decision because it depends on traffic and, and all sorts of things. Would these so, be for, for family uh, or oh, no, would you, you rent well, them out? Yeah, we want to rent them out because you're allowed to. Like the minor mm. dwelling is allowed to, to be rented out. And like I said, we had no trouble on Trade Me renting our house now. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about doing laundry. And I think there's a new bed tax or something coming in for Airbnb. Right, so we, right. we would just rather prefer long-term rental. Yeah, so yeah. we just want to do it better and better. Yeah. So the next project, we've already discussed the insulation. And it's going to be the new black graphite insulation. Mm-hmm. So it'll be about 25% more insulation than our current house. Yeah. So the high-density yes, extruded high insulation. Exactly. And yep. it's, it's it's got graphite in it where it reflects some of the heat uh-huh. out. Yep. And it's it's black polystyrene, not white. Yeah. And um, if that doesn't work, like, we'll see how that feels. Then the project after that, it's, it's not a going to be – it'll be a very small unit, but it's good to sort of experiment with these things. We can always – use uh, rondo on our walls and use say 100 mils of rondo with the 90 mil stud which will give you 190 mil of, poly- of insulation which is much better than the 130 we have currently right yeah? yeah and we've also learned how to design the windows smaller have fewer windows all that stuff so it's a learning process and we'll have a new ventilation system which won't be centralized it'll be decentralized uh-huh. you know so all these things they save money but in theory they should be better and um, so my wife and I are looking forward to living in one of those ones and renting out the main house. And um, so, like I said, we've learned so much that it just makes sense to keep going. Before we go on, I'd just like to say a quick thanks to ProClimber who helped make this show possible. ProClimber's air tightness and weather tightness building systems in combination with effective insulation and appropriate ventilation create energy efficient, low allergen emitting, comfortable, healthy buildings. ProClimber's patented systems also ensure the long-term effectiveness of insulation and the structural durability of the building by protecting it from moisture damage, thereby making sure your healthy, energy-efficient and eco-friendly environment remains that way for years to come. Check them out at proclimber.com.au or proclimber.co.nz. ProClimber, and the insulation is perfect. Yeah, you have learned so much, and and couple, you're you're not a designer, are you? You're not a builder or an architect. No, no, I came from it as an accountant, so yeah. I was fascinated by the money side of it and the cost side of uh-huh. it. So to me, like the what you showed us when we met with you, the presentation you gave us with the plywood and the pro climate tape and putting the plywood on the floor. See, all that stuff, now we've done it once already. We know that that's actually saving us money right. because we already have to have a plywood floor. Yep. yep. We already have to have plywood for the wrap. Yeah. So we don't actually have to do an extra layer of air tightness for, right. uh, for uh, what you're um, selling us, you mm-hmm. know. So the cost is actually very minimal. Yeah. And yeah. whereas in the past, I without having done this project, I wouldn't have known. So we actually... Um, for example, wasted money on our garage because they put a layer of rab and then they also had a layer of plywood and they also had to have a cement sheet which was plastered. 
So you can imagine, now I know the, the cost of all those layers. So you can look at the drawings of what we did, and I can just see now where the costs are. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. at the time, we didn't know. We just said, oh, yeah, build a garage. And know? that's a detached garage, isn't it? It's not part yeah. of the thermal envelope of the house. No, it's not. It's nothing to do with thermal. So it's actually all these layers were useless, you know. Mm. In fact, mm. our garage drawings were more complicated than the eco block. Yeah. And, yeah. and the eco block is actually on its own is actually relatively cheap. And if you can get a head around the labor cost of putting up the eco block, it's not that bad. Yeah. The issue is windows. So you'd have to have very few windows. Right. And also make sure you don't have any interactions with the eco blocks. So don't have a balcony joining a roof, joining an internal gutter like we had. Right. You know? Right. So all those things I've learned now, those add costs. So if yeah. you have eco blocks standing on its own with few windows and you live in a small town in New Zealand and you don't have any attachments to it, Yep. It's actually relatively cheap. And that's the result that we got from uh, Clara because she gave us a presentation on the Raglan Passive House. I think yep. it was built by a Dutch couple. Right, and that yep. was quite good, you know, so that that was fine. So I wouldn't – I don't want to um, knock EcoBlock. There is, a, there is a place for it, you know. Like if I was building in Palms North, I might just do EcoBlock. Well, I think that's the thing that is uh, such a – a neat outcome of your project because your passion and your your willingness to learn you yeah. you've experimented with lots of things and you're not you're not black and white and say this is the way that it must be you say well this might work in some situations and this has benefits in other situations and and experimenting yeah. well which we is have great. 14 yeah we have 14 different climactic zones in new zealand yeah and yeah. i think that's where um having a good builder who can budget for the zone yeah. in terms of climate and also in terms of the economic realities of building there. Yeah. It's, it's very important. So that budget thing to me is very important. And I would still, like Baden was saying, I would err on the side of caution and be a bit more conservative. Don't mm. try and do anything too fancy because you can always just throw a few extra solar panels up. Yep. And now nowadays batteries are so cheap, you know, and you can just run the heater more often. You know, so whereas when we were looking at it, the the battery cost was so high, the solar panel cost was so high, we were trying to focus on not having to run the heater. Yeah. And it succeeded. Like my parents don't, they never run the heater in winter. Yeah. So it worked out fine. But next time around, I think um, given the the breakthroughs in technologies that you can be more flexible and have a better outcome and a cheaper outcome. But now you have excess power to charge up your your descent yes. lease. So that's saving, yeah. So that's saving us about. Dad and I calculate about six, seven thousand per year because we were doing so many short trips yeah. to Albany, you know. And I've been watching because I pay the bills even though I'm I'm not there now. I still look mm -hmm. at the bills, and yeah. So charging up the electric car has not increased our power bill at all. Yeah, because we were using the surplus power anyway. Yeah. And the surplus power was giving us so little from the grid yeah. that it didn't. So the power, really, the power company wasn't yes. paying you much. It was only paying ten cents, so yeah. it, it actually made no. It actually made no impact on our power bill. Yeah. But the saving weekly on the pocket is probably fifty, sixty dollars of petrol a week. Especially you know? now that the the fuel yeah. tax is uh, kicked exactly. in. Exactly in Auckland. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So that's become a huge issue. So. Um, 
we, I mean, on a, you can work it out. You can convert, the, you know, the, the 10 cents versus what the fuel is costing you. So it's probably, you know, like they were giving us 10 cents for that one kilowatt hour. Yeah. But given the efficiency of electric car, we're probably saving 10 times that much in terms of petrol yeah. cost yeah. per kilowatt per kilowatt of energy. And you know if you I mean? think well, you can get a good second or third generation Leaf now for, yes. uh, what, 20, 25,000? It was twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. So I know. I can't believe it. That's so what, you pay that, for it inside two years. Yes, it was unbelievable. So we went only three months ago. So we were so silly. I, I had assumed last year that it was so expensive. I never even bothered checking it. Uh huh. And they've actually dropped dramatically. And these are not the Leafs that have the battery issue. Yeah. Those yeah. those ones are the newer ones. Right. So the irony is these are the older ones, yep. and the batteries are fine. They, we've got about. 80% of a battery remaining or something. Yep. And it's been secondhand from Japan. Yep. And um, it's doing perfectly fine. So there's been no drop-off in battery. Mom and dad have been using it for two months. And um, it's it's really fine. So I couldn't believe it was so cheap. And, That's awesome. Um, so as soon as we get back, we're going to get another one. And if you want to, <laughs> if you want to do a long vacation, you just rent a, a petrol car. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or a hybrid. Yeah, but or hybrid. Exactly. You're you're living the dream. Uh, that you're you're living the future of of a house yeah. that uh, looks after the family really well, keeps it healthy, and and also provides for your 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 clean transport needs. It's fantastic. Well, I know, and it's saving you money. Like you're like we're probably saving in terms of electricity easily three thousand dollars a year. Yeah. However, that doesn't take into account the fact that our previous house we did not keep it centrally heated you know so if you actually run the heating all the time in winter you we're probably saving ten thousand a year for the two houses right and then if you take into account the petrol from the solar panels you're probably saving like an extra five to six thousand so for two families you're saving about fifteen thousand dollars a year it's seven and a half thousand per family that is a significant saving for average kiwi family yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. talking quite like that can pay for half the interest on an average mortgage. You know what I mean? So there's there's significant savings there. And if we can just build it, th- that's why we're so excited about the next project. If we could just build it for that that GJ Gardner price range of about two thousand two a square meter, if we can just get it to that range, you could say to people, look, um, you can pay the exact same price you'd pay for a normal house. But you'll get this amazing house that's warm in, in, in winter and cool in summer. Mm. And you'll get so you'll save about two, three thousand dollars in your power bill per year. Mm. And you'll get solar panels that will save you on your petrol bill two, three thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, so you could say to someone, look, you move in, you start saving six thousand dollars per year. It's I mean, there's not many things you can do in this life that can save you that much money, you know. It's pretty compelling, and, yeah, and the only, other, your yeah, house, your house is is stunning. Yeah, you know, aesthetically, design wise, it's it's a beautiful home. Oh, thank you. Um, with yeah, you know, lots of space. Uh, it's it's not a small house. There's nothing cramped about it. It's really well designed. Um, but what you're saying is there's there's scope maybe to to bring that um, finish specification down slightly so that you can provide more of a um, standard uh, price per square meter but yes. still have all the benefits of the the, the energy savings absolutely but honestly i'd say to you, uh, people have asked me this a lot 
the, the finishes of a house do not actually blow the budget. It, it really isn't. Like the difference between ours and a normal house is maybe $35,000, per house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the flooring, if you put carpet in and you have to change it every 20 years, like we had to do in Palmerston North, it works out the same because this wooden flooring will last 50 years, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Um, the only regrets is maybe like the next one, we're not doing floor to ceiling tiles with all that expensive waterproofing. So right. a lot of money gets wasted in bathrooms, which I think is unnecessary. Yep, yep. And my dad and mom, uh, we've got more experience with this wooden floor. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to do wooden floors in the bathroom as well. Yep. Cause it's way, it's way cheaper than doing tiles. Right. You know? So you can actually have a very nice aesthetic. Like my mom saw some design magazines in America where you can have yeah. wooden floors in the bathrooms. It looks wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So it may actually look better, especially um, with the new breakthroughs in LED lighting. Yeah. So our lighting is actually fluoro tube, yeah. um, our cove lighting. Yeah. But the LED lighting is half the price and has a much better color consistency. Right. And it'll never blow. So um, you could actually make the argument that the new house will look better, feel better, and be cheaper than our current one. So yeah. so that's why my wife and I are excited about moving <laughs> moving along. So we'll just slowly we'll just slowly move up the hill as yeah as yeah, yeah yeah. So I just want to say like people expect their laptops to get better every year. <laughs> they expect their phones to get better. But with housing and especially in New Zealand, um, there's been studies done and I read a book about it in Wellington that showed that some of the older houses were actually like 70, 80 years old, were actually better than some of the brand new houses built today. So mm. there's actually been very little progress. Going backwards. Yeah, and even in Melbourne, they made a mistake because all the new houses had concrete slabs. So they couldn't have ducting under the floor. Yeah. So they had to put, if you have a two-story townhouse that we were renting, quite a small one, all the ducting um, was in the ceiling. And what you'd find is all the heat would get lost upstairs. Yeah. Whereas my mother-in-law's house, which is also two-story, but because it was on poles, you could have ducks on the floor. So her house was much warmer than ours. Yeah, so right. even in Melbourne, the new houses are not as comfortable as the yeah. old ones. Yeah. What's the best thing or most unexpected um, positive thing about the, your house now? It's the thing I've noticed, the thing you notice straight away, like you said, the quiet um, is a side effect, obviously, of the air tightness. But what you'll notice is something we never had before in our lives is on a freezing, windy, especially in New Zealand, like a very windy, freezing day, you step into the house and it's warm, but there's been no heating on at all for weeks Mm. and weeks, you know? So that's the shocking thing. Like it's really moving from one environment to a different physical environment. And it feels completely different. Yeah. And on a very hot day, you step in and it's like, say, 32 degrees in our conservatory. You step into the laundry, which is inside the passive house, and it's only 23 or 24 degrees. So the human body can feel the 10 degree difference. Yeah. You know, and it happens to my mom a lot because she goes to teach. um, She teaches English in Auckland Boys Grammar, and she will sometimes just get up in the morning in winter, put on her clothes, then step outside and then realize how cold it is. Then have to come <laughs> yeah, back and get a jacket. Yeah. Because when you're having breakfast, when you're getting changed, you're having a shower, you don't notice it. Yeah. So that's a, that's the sort of surprising or shock value. Uh, the, the shocking thing about the house is the surprise you get moving from outside to inside or inside to outside. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I never get over it. That's the funny thing. <laughs> like I get over things like you know, like the tile bathroom I don't care about or whatever. But yeah, uh, I never get over that that change in environment. <laughs> awesome. Hey, look, uh, it's uh, it's fantastic to to talk to you. I've been wanting to uh, talk to some people living uh, successfully in passive houses for a while now because we're starting to get more and more of them. So it's it's awesome to hear your story, Apple, and I, and I hope that that encourages people to explore that as an option um, yep. and realize that it's that it is an option. It's not something that is completely crazy and 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 out there, and that there are ways to to easily um achieve that now your house has been featured on uh, a couple of the passive house uh, open day tours and i think there are still some pictures of it around the place so i'll put some uh, some um links to that so people can have a look at it and, and check it out great thanks matthew thank you very much and i, I look forward to uh see your progress on the next two projects maybe more yep, yep. oh <laughs> Great. We'll see you next year, Matthew. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Bye. And that was Harpal Clear from uh, Coatesville talking about the journey of building and then living in his passive house. I'd love to do more interviews with people who have the experience of living in a passive house here, particularly here in New Zealand and in Australia as well. So if that's you or if you know of anyone in that situation, get in touch. Matthew at homestylegreen.com. I'll put some links to, there's a stuff article about this home and also a YouTube video that features John Eilif from E-House doing a bit of a tour around um, the Harpal Clure house. And like I said, it has been featured on a couple of the Passive House open days as well. Um, love to get your feedback and thoughts, questions. You can contact me, Matthew at homestylegreen.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now go make a better place to live.